Welcome to the Blended Kingdom Families Podcast. We are your hosts, Scott and Vanessa Martindale, the founders of Blended Kingdom Families. Our ministry serves to equip marriages, unite families, and ignite faith so that you can flourish an abundant kingdom life. We pray that our podcast blesses you today. Hey guys, Scott and Vanessa Martindale here with Blended Kingdom Families. At BKF, we believe now is the time to change the modern day interpretation of the blended family. Absolutely, you guys. As a blended family ourselves, God laid it on our hearts to build a ministry that helps support blended families by equipping your marriage, uniting the family unit, and igniting your faith. Our mission is that you would be touched by God and experience His goodness through this ministry, that your family would have practical skills, resources, and tools to help you live that abundant blended life. Hey guys, welcome to Blended Kingdom Families, the podcast. We're so excited to have you with us today. We have an amazing, amazing guest with us, uh, Ron Deal. Hey, Hello. it's good to be with you guys. I, sorry, I'm here at a distance. Uh, this <laughs> More COVID casualties. <laughs> well, we are we're just excited to have you with us. Yes, uh, yes. And I know you were supposed to be here in studio, but we will take you via Zoom. And, uh, and we will love every minute of that. So excited. Yes, Ron. So, you know, a little bit about, you know, Ron, you guys, we just want to share a little bit about you, Ron, to our audience. So Ron is a writer, author, conference speaker, but also husband, father. Um, he is one of the most widely read and viewed experts on blended families in the country. So we have a lot that we have learned from you and can learn from you. Um, Ron is also the founder of Smart Step Families and director of Family Life blended. Um, and he has written dozens of books um, and best-selling um, books, you guys, on blended families. Just recently wrote one that we're going to actually discuss today um, that he co-wrote with uh, Dr. Gary Chapman called Building Love Together in Blended Families, um, The Smart Step Family, Seven Steps to Healthy Family. So thank you, Ron, for being here again. Um, just a little bit about Ron's background, you guys. He is, uh, he is a licensed marriage and family therapist and um, also a licensed profess uh, professional counselor, just like you. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Ron and I went to the same school. Yes, y'all went so, to the same college. Right. Both yeah. of us are uh, Wildcats. Yes. Hey, go Wildcats. Go Wildcats. <laughs> so welcome, Ron. We're so glad to have you here with us. Guys, thank you. It is really an honor to, to be on your program. I appreciate so much what you guys are doing yeah, for families. You. You're getting the word out. You're bringing uh, really good practical information to them in this podcast. So thank you. And I'm glad to be with you. Right. Well, we love that the trail that you blaze, Ron, mm -hmm. and we're, we're blessed to have good content from you and your ministry yeah. um, and grateful to partner. We love, we talk about it all the time. There's always a seat at the table for ministries uh, to work together, yeah. to continue to spread the message uh, and to uh, continue to build great content for blended families. So yeah. excited. So um, we're going to turn it over to you. Tell us a little bit about you, your family, what you guys do, what you enjoy, church, just a little bit about you personally, Ron. Yeah, well, my wife and I are actually sort of empty nest. Um, we, we, have, we have three boys. Our oldest is uh, 26 and about to get married this next year. Oh, and our youngest is in college. And so, you know, he's away right now. Yeah. You know, he's still living at home, but he's away right now. Um, so, of course, during this COVID crazy time, he's away in an apartment in the city where he goes to school doing online classes. <laughs> 
<laughs> Why am I spending that money? I, I don't know. Um, we, our middle son, Connor, uh, unfortunately passed away when he was 12 years of age. That's the great uh, tragedy of our life. We miss him every single day. Mm-hmm. Nan and I have been married for 34 years at this point and kind of don't want to stop. So we're just yeah. going to keep on going. <laughs> you, 34 awesome. years. Wow. I, I, I'm sure there are some nuggets of marriage advice that you have that mm. you could pass along. Absolutely. <laughs> Yes. Well, where do you want me to start, man? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Yeah. Well, Ron, we, you know, we love your new book that you wrote with Dr. Gary Chapman and um, on the five love languages and becoming step family smart. And so we just wanted to see if you could just give an overview of the book to our viewers, kind of dive into the five love languages um, and how knowing each person's love language in your blended family can really positively impact you or how it could negatively also impact you? You know, Gary Chapman is one of my heroes. Mm. I think he's one of everybody's heroes. Mm. If, if you have ever heard of the five love languages, then you appreciate and value yes. Gary for what he's done. And he is such a prolific author. Let me tell you something about this man. I've spent spent the last year out promoting this book that we've done together, spent two years prior to that writing and collaborating with him. I've been around him quite a bit for the last three years. He is 83 years old age right now, wow. and he writes two books a year, and he speaks 20 times a year, and wow. he is still on staff at his church where he's been for 50 years. Wow. He is an absolute machine and a very <laughs> humble man and loves people well. Like I, I've seen him in hotels. I've seen him in restaurants. Yeah. He's the real deal. Yeah. So imagine me approaching him a number of years ago at a conference where we were at together. And I said, I love everything you've done with the five love languages and the spinoff books for parents and teenagers and singles and military. And, Mm. but you really miss something, (laughs) you know, imagine me having to try to get those words out of my mouth. I would, it was frightening for me, you know, Yeah. but he was so humble and he immediately said, I know there's a need for this among blended families. Tell me what you're thinking. And I said, well, here's the deal. The five love languages has an assumption built into it Mm -hmm. and it's a pretty big assumption. And so far it served you well because you haven't had to apply this to a different type of family situation. The assumption is this, once you know somebody's love language, they actually want you to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But what if they don't? Mm -hmm. Like what if you have a stepchild or a step parent and you're trying to love them well, but they're really not open to receiving the love that you're trying to offer. All of a sudden, you're chasing someone, chasing their heart in a way, speaking their love language, that normally would be a good thing, but can actually create that backfire. So that speaks to that question, Vanessa, you asked of, well, why, why do you need to be careful in applying the love languages in a, mm-hmm. in a step family? And it's just because there's ambiguity in your relationship. Here's a quick analogy everybody would immediately relate to. If, if I asked you guys to go down the hall and uh, walk in and meet a new friend, somebody who's a coworker, a new coworker, something like that, or somebody maybe you've never met before, and you just happen to know their love language was physical touch. Do you have the right to walk in and start giving them a bear hug, <laughs> hugging and kissing all over their cheeks? And right. like, no, you don't. Like we all intuitively know, okay, that may be your love language, but that doesn't give me the right to love you that way. Well, until now, Gary really never had to address that before, but immediately he was like, yes, let's do this. 
And so we dive into this project talking about the beautiful attributes of these love languages and the principles of dying to yourself. That's really what it's all about, dying to yourself and learning how to love somebody else well, not the way you want to define it, but right. the way they define it. Mm -hmm. But being careful to know that where the other person is and their level of openness to you has everything to do with how you apply this or whether or not you apply it at all. Yeah. Hmm. Let me ask you, you talk about even if you know the love language, you may not be able to apply it. And, when, and maybe I want to apply this specifically to stepchildren. Is this a, a concept that is a, a short-term resistance? So maybe you, you know it, you're not quite ready to apply it. That doesn't mean abandon it. It right. just means be, be thoughtful in your timing of it. Mm -hmm. So if that new friend that you were trying to uh, turn into a friend, that new person you're trying to make friendship with, it, it was physical touch. Well, you wouldn't start with a bear hug. Yeah. Right. You would start with something that was appropriate for the level of relationship you have with them. And it might be a handshake, mm -hmm. right? Uh, these days, it would probably be a elbow bump or something yeah. like that, you know, the way we do COVID. Mm -hmm. So it, you would match the situation. And then as your relationship developed over time, then you would begin to progress into, you know, little side hugs yeah. or, you know, the guy hug, you know, that we do at church, three paths, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And I'm up, you know, <laughs> we, we understand the rules about things like that you would progress into physical touch in a way that was in keeping with the level of relationship. Same thing's true for a step parent who's trying to love a stepchild well, and the kids just kind of got the door shut to you at this point in time. You got to knock, you got to wait, you got to wait till they crack the door open and then gently talk to them enough that hopefully they open the door a little more and you mm -hmm. kind of move into their heart. Yeah. You just can't rush in. Mm -hmm. You yeah. can't force your way in. Mm -hmm. I, I, there's two principles here. There are some love languages, guys, that naturally lend themselves to new relationships, gift giving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if I could walk up to you guys today and hand you a gift, I bet you'd take it. Yeah. Right. You could walk to a stranger on the street and hand them five bucks. I bet they'd take it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. We all are willing to receive that kind of now an intimate gift. Mm -hmm. Now that's a different story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but we, you could start with gift giving. You can start with words of affirmation. These are the easy love languages to apply in the beginning. That might not be your stepchild's primary love language. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Start with what they will receive. Yeah. That's, That's the wisdom here. That's good. Move toward the more primary love language that really hits the mark for their heart mm -hmm. only when it will be meaningful to them when they and, and they're able to receive it. So there's that application. And then the other application is within love languages, there's little different levels. Mm -hmm. Like um, physical touch is a good one. You know, the fist bump is one thing. Moving towards a bear hug, that's level three. Like yeah. we yeah. just need more time and space and history. And and we've worked out some of the ambiguity in our relationship. And now we both kind of have an understanding and this feels right. Then, then absolutely go for it. Mm -hmm. It's just using wisdom and how you get there. Well, and I think so many people who have um, younger kids, I think it's a little bit easier in terms of that physical affection. But as obviously as you get into the teenage years, and so many parents or step-parents, they want to be able to communicate love to their child. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they want to receive that. Yeah. But I want to get maybe take two steps backwards and so we can clarify some terms here. Some people may not understand what love language means. Mm -hmm. What does that so first question is, is what does a love language mean? And the second question really is, is how do you discover the love language of your child? 
So 25 years ago, Gary Chapman sat down, started reflecting on all the people he'd done counseling with and just tried to figure out are there any themes here to the kinds of things that people say they want or need in their primary relationships. Mm. And he discovered that, you know, basically just said, you oh, you know, how we communicate love seems to matter to people. Mm. And for some people, words of affirmation, you know, a compliment or just coming alongside them and saying, man, I, I just appreciate the way you do such and such, or you're so good at like that really makes them feel loved even more mm. than a gift or a hug for some mm. people. Yeah. Right. So there's, Words of affirmation, gifts, physical touch. We've talked about those. Quality time is another one mm -hmm. where you you really with me mm -hmm. and how you're for an extended period of time and I really have you, that helps me to feel loved by you. And then the last one is acts of service. And it's not that, uh, I, I think this is important. Sometimes we get confused. You only have one of the five. No, everybody needs all five. Mm. Yeah. Everybody can benefit from all five. Babies you know, first two years of life, they need all five all the time, constantly. Mm -hmm. yeah. But as we grow, we kind of begin, one rises to the top as being one that is super special for us. Mm -hmm. It's just intimately dear to us. Um, so in loving your kids, for example, give them all five. But every once in a while, when you really, really, really want a child to understand how you feel about them and your, your approval of them, you pick their primary love language. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you know what that is? Well, uh, children around the age of six start showing preference and they show preference in how they communicate love to others. That's one of the ways you can figure it out is you can watch what a child does. Do they, do they draw you pictures and come up and hand them to you day after day? Well, gift giving just might be their primary love language. Yes, there's, you can go to fivelovelanguages.com and you can take an inventory and you can find out your love language. You can do that through Gary's ministry, yeah. um, but you can just make observations over time and you can kind of figure that out for most of us. Now, some people have two that are really highly ranked. I think my wife is one of those. <laughs> uh, you know, acts of service and quality time are huge. And I'm not sure which one, the different days, I think that one takes precedence. <laughs> with it, you know, and so it's kind of like, yeah, but if I really want to communicate something to her that is meaningful, I'm, I'm going to, that's my bullseye. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's so good. And, and, and you can be intentional about that. You can, yeah. you can seek those things out communicate, have something to talk about, especially with children. Yeah, I think yeah. with children, it's just, it gives them that reassurance of, you see me, you mm -hmm. hear me, mm -hmm. you know, you love me. Like that's, yes. mm -hmm. that's, that's what that communicates to them. And, and guys, don't miss the importance of choosing to love somebody with their love language. Yeah. It's dying to self. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really what Gary has uncovered here is, is me dying to me. You know what? I kind of think gifts ought to be my wife's love language. I don't care what she says it is. Yeah. I'm going to give her gifts every now and then. And she needs to be happy with that. Yeah. yeah. Early on in our marriage, we had this, we, we still talk about this story. I, I was giving her roses, one red rose. I was a poor kid, you know, just college, you know, no money. One red rose I could afford. One day I brought her a yellow one mm -hmm. and she was like, that's not the same, you know? Well, and I threw a fit. Like I became like a little baby, you know, I was like, well, wait a minute. It was the thought that counts. And I bought you this flower and I'm trying to tell you, I love you. And well, here's a moment where I get to decide whether I'm going to love her the way she wants to be loved, mm -hmm. way that's meaningful to her, mm -hmm. or am I going to love her and expect her to embrace whatever I offer? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people walking around every day mm -hmm. who have predetermined the kind of love they're going to give. Mm -hmm. And then they expect the other person to be okay with that. That's not really love. Yeah. Yeah. I got to die to me, mm -hmm. find out what serves you. Mm -hmm. And that's 
a, a meaningful moment. Yeah, I well, love how you said die to self because we always talk about that. Just like, mm. especially when doing marriage ministry, it's the daily act of just saying, "Lord, like your will be done, not mine. Yes. I'm fully yes. submitting." And that's the safest yes. place we can be. But it also gives God the ability to work in and through us in our relationships and our blended family and with our stepchildren and in our marriage. And so, well, I also think about so good. I also think about you know here Vanessa and I we have we have four children. So I have five people in my world that I have yes. to figure out. I, for me, there, there are some love languages that just come natural. Like I can give a love language very naturally, um, but they're all different. Yeah. They're all different. And as I kind of look at my children and I look at my wife, um, they all have different love languages. And, and, and it's not easy to remember in the moment. A lot to keep up with, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Uh, maybe I should get them shirts made uh, yeah. that, that give me that, 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 that cue. Yeah. Ron, what would you say for, for someone where it, it goes against their grain? So what's, what's interesting, I'm, I'm an acts of service. So that's when I come home and if Scott Martindale has done the dishes, I mean, that is monumental and I am it's huge. Happy. Um, yeah. he is touch. And so mm. he, he loves to be touched and, and I'm not the touchiest person. And so I know mm -hmm. early on in our marriage, when we took the five love languages and we figured that out, I was like, okay, like I kind of, you know, mm -hmm. have to make that, um, conscious, conscientious effort to do that. So for someone who may struggle with one area of a mm -hmm. love language, what, what advice would you give for them? Yeah. So we're back to, am I willing to die to myself? Yeah. I mean, there's so many layers to dying to self. In this case, it's, yeah, I'm not necessarily physical naturally. I'm going to have to push myself into that. Yeah. By the way, I, I do think that little piece is important to marriage. It applies in a lot of ways. Sometimes our personalities, one's an extrovert, one's an introvert. Yeah. Well, you know, one of you is a spender, one of you is a saver. We always have to push ourselves toward usness yeah. in mm. marriage. And if we're not doing that, you know, well, sometimes we don't do it just because we kind of goofed and missed and just mm -hmm. didn't think about it. But other times we're honestly prideful mm -hmm. and our lack of humility to, well, I shouldn't have to give that up. I shouldn't have to change this part of me. Yeah. That's pride. Yeah. And that's not going to get you very far. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be fighting that one for the rest of your marriage. Yeah. But humility would say, okay, I just learned something about me. I'm more this and they're more that. I need to push myself when I can think of it, be mindful, push myself a little bit toward them. I will never become them. Can't become them. God didn't want you to become the other partner, right. be who you are, mm -hmm. but in your love and dying to self, move toward them just a little. That makes life a little bit more tolerant for them and for you. Right. And it strengthens your usness. Absolutely. Well, and I love that. I, you know, love languages, I mean, it's what God gave us to give each other. And it's a wonderful thing. You had said something to us, uh, and I'm going to kind of flip this over to more blended family uh, conversation, where you said it's, I'm trying to remember exactly what you said, but something to the gist of, you know, it's one of those things where you're loving your, maybe your stepchildren, but the more you do, the more they pull away. Mm. So when it comes to love languages, understanding that, maybe you've got that point. Yes. But all of a sudden you're in a blended family and you know what to do, but the more you do it, the more they pull. Mm -hmm. So Scott, it's, it's a great question. It's an important question. And I think there's a lot of layers to it. Let me see if I can unpack a few of them. 
Um, one of them, and I just want to get this out there fast because I think this is a problem a lot, where a step parent feels rejected, but they're not being rejected. I really believe a lot of times what kids are doing in pulling away, to use that language, is not rejection. Mm-hmm. It is, I don't know where to put you in my heart. I'm not sure how to wrestle with all this stuff I got going inside of me. Mm-hmm. Okay, stepdad, if I moved closer to you, if I let you in, I, you know, it's a disloyalty thing to my biological dad. Mm-hmm. And I'm worried, what if he sees or hears wind of this? And how's he going to feel? I don't want him to feel rejected. I, my brother's watching right now. And he, if he goes and tells, then I don't want mom to think that it was okay that, you know, that their marriage ended up. All this stuff is going on in a kid's head and heart, and it gets in the way of them just saying, yes, love me and I'll love you back. Mm. But it's not, I don't want you. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily that. So a step parent has to have a little thick skin. That's one. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but also has to reframe this in their head. This is not rejection. This is just confusion. Yeah. So if you're trying to make a friend, somebody on the street or your new neighbor or an extended family member, and they just seem confused about who you are and where you fit in their life, you don't quit. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you gently persist mm-hmm. in trying to reach them and communicate your love and care for them. Now you're not giving them bear hugs mm-hmm. because they can't receive that yet. Yeah. So you know what not to do. Mm-hmm. You, try, you just simply try to find what they can receive. The word I would give you is pace, P-A-C-E, pace with the child, figure out where they are and go with that. Yeah. Of course, this is discouraging. Of course, this is uh, disillusioning to a step-parent who wants so badly. It's another thing we talk about in the book, motivations vary. Mm-hmm. You want so badly to develop familiness with this kid. Mm. And the child's level is, they're a three on a 10 scale. You're a 9.9. So guess what? You have to match the three. Yeah. And that's hard. Mm. Yeah. But that's how you allow them to receive you in a way that's okay for today. What we're trusting is that over time, that three becomes a four, becomes a five, becomes a six. And you pace, 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 and you move, evolve is another word we could use, evolve your relationship with the child. So when they're pulling away, don't just label it rejection. Be careful about that. Mm -hmm. Try to continue to lead with love as best you can. Now, I do want to say something about sometimes it is rejection. Mm -hmm. And, and, And rejection, again, a strong word like, no, I don't want you in my life. But there's also a 25 year old who says, I don't need another mom. You know, um, Mm -hmm. mom died, dad's now married to you. I don't need another mom. I'm 25, living life on my own. It's nothing personal. I just, you know, don't need you. Yeah. Uh, So that's not rejection, but that's also not welcoming you in with warmth, right? That's just kind of keeping their, you know, arm's length away. You got to pace with that kid too. Mm -hmm. Mm. Look for the open doors where you can take them. Yeah. I love it. What advice or encouragement and I'm going to preface this question. We live in a different situation right now. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I, and I want to make sure that people, you know, we're giving people the most current content we can give them. Mm-hmm. COVID yes. has changed a lot of the dynamics of blended families. So what encouragement would you give blended families today mm-hmm. on how to deal with the current climate and just overall encouragement from all of your wisdom? You know, actually, I've been using the pandemic the last five months. It's, it's an incredible parallel to the experience that, that many step families, uh, the journey that many step families go through. For example, uh, 
ambiguity, ambiguity, ambiguity is what's happening in our world right now. We think about our lives. We have school. It ain't school. My wife's mm -hmm. a teacher. Mm -hmm. She's teaching in-person students and online students. How do you do that? They're five-year-olds. Everybody wear your mask. Yeah. I dropped mine in the toilet, Miss Deal. What, what do we do now? <laughs> it's chaos, right? This is not the world, but it's still school, but it's not school. This is ambiguous loss, right? Mm -hmm. That loss went, my father's 87. He's in a in hospice in Dallas. Mm -hmm. He is moving towards the end of his life. I have my father but I don't really have my father. Yeah. This are, the pandemic is that 10 times over. Yeah. Step families have ambiguity left and right. Mm -hmm. Like, I love you, but you kind of don't really know how to receive me. Um, we're a family, but you don't want to call me mom. I don't really know the nature of how we get along yet. We're still figuring that out. Guess what? That is the natural course of blended family journey. And just like in the pandemic, remember back in March, they said, everybody go home. We were like, what? Go home. How do you do that? And then you had to figure out how to work. And then you had to figure out how to share space with your spouse and five kids who are doing school. And, you're, and you only got bandwidth for one computer. Mm. Like we all went into like chaos and we figured it out. Yeah. Not that we're having fun right now, but we're getting through, mm -hmm. right? That's a similar process. Blended families can have some ambiguity and not know what's going on, but you bring definition to it slowly but surely over time. And how do you do that? Just like in the pandemic, we had to talk at the dinner table. Mm -hmm. um, I need you know, the computer at three tomorrow because I got this thing. And could you guys not put dishes away when I'm doing my, yeah. my vodcast mm -hmm. with blended kingdoms? Because you know that's the wall right behind me. You know? <laughs> We have to talk and figure this stuff out together. Yeah. Guess what? That's what step families have to do over and over and over and over. And in the process, you are giving definition to the ambiguity. Mm -hmm. And you wake up one day and you go, I think we're a family. Mm -hmm. I think this thing, I think we now know how we fit. It's coming together. We kind of have this shared meaning. Let me give you one more illustration. Um, six feet away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, uh, isn't it interesting how other people's definition of six feet away does not match your definition of six feet away? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. If you've gone to a store lately, like, yeah. okay, that guy's definition is apparently two feet away. Yeah. And he doesn't care if he's wearing a mask or I'm wearing a mask, but I want him 10 feet away with a hazmat suit on. Like we have different definitions of closeness and togetherness. Guess yeah. what? That happens in blended families mm -hmm. all over the place. Your definition of closeness is not the same as my definition of closeness. And we have to mm. talk and figure out how we're going to do this. Yeah. Is it really four feet away? Are you good with four feet away? Because I'm kind of okay with four. But I want to have my mask on. What about you? Oh, you're okay with your mask off. Well, you know what? That's really great. I think maybe I'll get there someday. You talk and communicate and you make mistakes and you step on each other's toes and you go, you know, let's learn something from this. And you wake up one day. Yeah. And you have definition mm -hmm. and all of a sudden the chaos of the pandemic is not so bad and you you're getting through and you're finding your way and you're discovering familiness mm. yeah. I, i'm just a believer in it's about the journey mm -hmm. and managing the journey mm -hmm. if you quit and give up <laughs> you don't ever get familiness yeah. yeah that's good well and it's the concept that your definition and their definition could be different yeah sometimes just doesn't enter our mind mm -hmm. right know, we we we've we've created a picture mm -hmm. and we're striving to that picture right but the other side of the family or the 
co-parent or the, mm -hmm. the ex-spouse or the child, they may have a completely different version of what that family looks like. Mm -hmm. And they may have achieved it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the example that comes to mind is, you know, you look at your relationship with your ex-spouse. Mm -hmm. Is it cordial? Yeah. Are you super close and can you communicate about everything? Maybe not, but that may be mm -hmm. exactly what they want. You know, they may be okay with that relationship. So that's another good example of what does six feet away mean to you? Yeah. You're trying to be cordial. You're trying to be cooperative, but the other side is going, nope, 10 feet away has hazmat suits. Yeah. And they're just unwilling to meet you somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And it's really challenging and difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, you keep doing what you can do to manage you mm -hmm. as best you can in that situation. And, and the prayer is that over time, perhaps everybody relaxes, anxiety comes down, tensions come down, and we actually do move a little bit closer to cooperative co-parenting. So you basically took everything COVID and just spun it up into blended families and said, I think I can learn something right here. Man, I, I wrote an article for U.S. News and World Report on all of this. I In two weeks, our summit on step family ministry yeah. is happening. We do every fall. I'm doing a keynote on pandemics and step families. I like, love it. I just think there's so much here mm -hmm. that people can relate to. And, and it's helping non-blended family people mm -hmm. understand oh, yes. the inner workings of blended's a little bit better, too. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think, you know, you said something about the journey as well, Ron. You know, it's all about the journey and, you know, what we're learning in the process of it. And I think that one thing I think people tend to do naturally, but blended families do a lot is we're looking left and right at their blended family and looking how their blended family is doing. Oh, their blended family, they're doing this and they're doing that yeah. and taking our focus off of what is going on mm. with ours. And it's that comparison of, well, they're doing really good and we, yeah. we must be doing bad or, you know, but mm -hmm. you know, each person's journey is their own. That is yeah. a good word. That is yeah. a good word. Uh, you know, we, we did the math. There's 67 different step family configurations. Wow. <laughs> Your family is one of 67. Wow. Yeah. So comparing really is apples to oranges, mm -hmm. really not helpful. Yeah. You've got your own journey, your own uh, family dynamic. Just, just worry about that one. That's yeah. enough. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I think what's, you know, if you ask a 25 year old or a 30 year old, mm -hmm. um, what's most important as they look back at their family hmm. and almost everyone that I know that's had great experiences, they'll look back and they'll say they were consistent. They were loving mm -hmm. yeah. and they, and they, and they continued the path regardless of circumstance. Yeah. That is Scott, what we man, want. You just nailed something at the end of this book, building love together in blended families. Um, we were almost done writing the book and I happened to run across a piece of research, secular research, university of Nebraska. I've since talked to the research, um, the, the lead person on that project where they went to a bunch of young adult stepchildren mm -hmm. and said, we want you to look back on your journey and your blended family when you were growing up as a kid. What were the things that went right? And what were turning points that moved your family towards familiness? That's my word, but that's essentially what they were asking. It was unbelievable, uh, an affirmation of the book that Gary and I had just finished. We actually put some of this into the, end, the last chapter when we found it. They basically discovered just by interviewing all these kids, like the things that mattered were love language activities. Like, yeah. for example, someone would say, when my step parent came to school and um, something had happened with a teacher and they advocated for me, mm. they, they stood up for me, they were there, they showed up when I didn't realize 
that they really cared that much about me. What the child heard was they loved me and I felt it and it changed my heart towards them. There were moments where the kids talked about uh, conflict. We had battles and conflict, but my step-parent didn't leave. My parents didn't divorce. They stayed after it. We continued to work on it. They were persistent, even when I was you know, a teenager and didn't care. And we worked through it. And at the end of the day, it felt like we were family. Mm-hmm. Time and time again, there were at, you know, affirmations of these principles working over time. But, but the kicker is this, the research found Step parents in particular had to lead with love. That's our the way we put it, lead with love without any expectation of the child being able to reciprocate that. Because often they would not reciprocate immediately, but they would years later look back on that moment and go, that was a turning point in our relationship. So step parents, here's my encouragement to you. <laughs> Continue to lead with love and trust God that being faithful, just like he's faithful to us, mm-hmm. faithful to us being faithful to love well, and to continue to stay pursuing the child at a pace they can receive will have payoff. It just might be years before you feel that payoff. Don't quit. Yeah. Love it. That's so good. Hey friends, we hope that this episode is blessing your socks off right now. And we just wanna take an opportunity to talk about partnering together. If Blended Kingdom Families has touched your marriage and touched your blended family in some way, we'd love to partner with you. At Blended Kingdom Families, we're trying to reach as many blended families as possible. And we can do more with your support. So please take an opportunity to visit blendedkingdomfamilies.com and click partner. Hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Ron, we're wrapping up. So we wanted to, this is one of our, our key questions we ask every every one of our guests. But when you hear blended king of families, what does that mean to you? What does that look like to you? So the end of the verse says, against such things, there is no law. Mm-hmm. What am I talking about? Fruit of the spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Mm-hmm. Against such things, there is no law. Against such family type, against any type of family circumstance or relationship, nobody objects to these attributes. Mm-hmm. You can be a kingdom family. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with family structure. There's too many Christians walking around going, yeah, I got a divorce and I'm remarried. I guess I'm in the second marriage and I know we're second class and I know I can't teach fourth graders at church because they don't let divorced people do that. And, mm-hmm. and you're going, so what? I mean, I, I don't understand. Can you be love? Can you be joy? Can you be patient? Can you be self-controlled? Guess what? That's kingdom stuff. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the structure of your family. Yeah. Every home can take that on. Every, every person can seek to live that way. Mm-hmm. And you are part of God's kingdom, pushing out into the world, newness and new creation. Yeah. Rest in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's so good. I love that. Yeah. Well, and we know that you have great stuff, great um, nuggets mm-hmm. out there. I want to leave the audience with, uh, number one, you talked about your conference coming up. Mm-hmm. So please plug that, uh, tell people how they can yeah. get involved with that first. Okay, so Summit on Step Family Ministry is a two-day equipping event this year. It's live stream only, October 1 and 2. Mm -hmm. 
and they can get a part of it. And if you're watching this at this point, you're going, oh, I missed it. And no, because we record everything. We have, we've actually got seven years prior available for you and you can get it all with an all access digital pass. Just come to familylife.com and uh, go to the shop and we'll, you'll be able to do that. People who attend this year get access to the live stream for a year. You can share with other people in your church. You get access to all the resources and everything that's involved with it. It's a collection of writers and speakers and thinkers, anybody doing ministry with blended families. We try to pull all our collective wisdom. It's a really great event. We do it every fall. Cannot um, wait. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. familylife.com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope you guys will be there. We, we bring some couples to your yeah. church. Yeah. <laughs> um, familylife.com is where people need to go. Just click the blended family section and you're off and running. You know, it used to be guys that people would complain all the time. Hey, there's no good resources for step families, mm-hmm. no Christian resources. Just not true anymore. Yeah. yeah. You guys are doing good stuff. There's lots of good podcasts. We're doing a Family Life Blended podcast, mm-hmm. but we have books, resources, curriculum online curriculum that's available for people. You can buy the DVDs if you want to do it that way. Yeah. It is just not true anymore. Yeah. We have hundreds of articles at familylife.com and my personal site, smartstepfamilies.com. Um, online resources. I'm starting to do online training through the Step Family Network. Hey, however you want to get your training, read it, watch it, absorb it, listen to it. Yeah. You can get it. Awesome. Well, and luckily there are more people out there seeking resources too. Yes. So that's the uh, that's the key is we want people starting to think about this. They don't right. have yeah. to they don't have to s- just struggle to get by. They can actually thrive in their in their blended family. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, Ron, it has been an yeah. absolute pleasure to have you. Um, so many great nuggets of uh, of wisdom, and just love what you're doing for uh, step families for the kingdom, and we wish yes. you. Absolutely the best of luck this coming year. Yeah, thank mm. you so much, Ron, for being with us today. It means so much to us. Thank you. It's been, a, it's been fun, and it's been an honor. <laughs> thank you. All right. Guys, thanks so much for watching Blended Kingdom Family's special guest, Ron Deal. We were so blessed to have him with us today. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and have a wonderful, wonderful day. Be blessed in all that you do, guys. BKF community, we want to hear from you guys. If you would take the time to leave us a review and you can find us on all social media platforms. Our podcast is like on every podcast platform and you can visit us at our website at www.blendedkingdomfamilies.com. Yeah, guys, we're trying to reach every blended family all over the world and we can't do this without your partnership. So please take a minute, like, share, comment, review, tell your friends. Tell them they can all go to blendedkingdomfamilies.com for great resources.